0: motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week?
1: Thanks, Doug. Well, in checking elsewhere around North Dakota, angler numbers generally remain on the light side. Although, those going to Devil's Lake are working structure and rock piles, including around the towers and any of the bridges for walleye. Try starting at about 10 feet and work out into deeper water using spinners and bottom bouncers. Look for some larger walleye mixed in with the smaller ones now, too. Reports are limited at best for many other lakes, including Pipe Stem and Jamestown Reservoirs, and even Lake Ashtabula. Out west, the Missouri River Tail Race remains slow to fare during the day for walleye, but there's still good catfish success. There's also a fair evening walleye bite with an occasional, note occasional, trout and salmon. Lake Sakakawea remains fair for walleye in 50 feet, using a mix of night crawlers and minnows, but there are definitely less anglers on the water. Work points and move around. Salmon remain throughout the water column in shallow depths in the bays to deep water around 100 feet on the east end of Lake Sakakawea. Try a variety of presentations from shore or downrigging in deep water on the south side around Garrison Dam. Overall success slowed, though, from last week. Work deep water on Lake Audubon for walleye, and Audubon remains the place to go for nice smallmouth bass activity. The focus is truly on hunting, though, with the waterfall season now open for North Dakota residents. Remember, the daily bag limit for Canada geese is now three in the Missouri River Zone compared to eight elsewhere in the state.
0: Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from
2: Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. And we have friends with boats. Of course we do. Uh, that's kind of a prerequisite, Scott. Uh, if you're going to be our friend, you got to have a boat. Well, not really, well, but... Uh, I wouldn't
3: go that uh, <laughs> far. Maybe an ice castle or a hunting shack. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. But a lot of our
2: friends have boats, and we know the people to talk to when it comes to taking care of those boats, making sure that everything is in prime work and order. We have one of those gentlemen on with us this morning, this segment. Mr. Luke Weirsba, Ray Sport Marine and Moorhead Service Manager, and we're gonna be talking winterization. Luke, how are you doing this
4: morning? Not too bad. Thanks for having me.
2: It is uh, it's that time of the year, right? I mean it's it's that time where some of us, it's it's Labor Day weekend, you know, and Labor Day weekend rolls around and, and gets past us on the calendar. We roll up the dock, we roll up the boat lifts, we get the boats in, winterized, done, move on. Others are going to drag it out, right? We're going to take every last opportunity before those waters freeze up. But nonetheless, sometime in the next couple of months, any of us that own watercraft are going to be faced with that scenario of winterization. And Luke, you uh, you deal with that every single day there at Raceport and Marine this time of the year, helping folks out. So we wanted to talk just a little bit about, whether you're doing it yourself or whether you bring it in for, for you and your crew, Luke, what some of the things we need to be aware of. Let's just jump right into it. What are the maybe top two or three things, Luke, that, that we have to be paying attention to when it comes to winterizing our watercraft?
4: Um, I'd say some of the top things, check, would just be changing the engine oil. Um, you'll make sure you got fresh oil in there, good oil. Nothing, nothing old. Um, filling that tank up full. Filling it with stabilizer. Make sure you got stabilizer in there. Changing the, the gear lube. Uh, make sure you got good batteries. Take your batteries out to fully charge. Checking the tires and checking your prop. Some of the main things that are checked when, when you work on your boat.
3: Hey, Luke, i got a question for you, and it's a question I get quite often. Um, and we might also hear it right from you. Now that we have a lot of most guys now have four strokes. There is still quite a few two-strokes out there. The two-stroke, uh, you burn your engine oil. You don't you don't have to change it. You don't have a gear case. Four-strokes, you have a gear case that you need to change the oil on it. If somebody mm-hmm. only has very few hours, let's say ten to fifteen hours on it during a season, do they still need to do it? It's you know it ain't like your car where you know you got three thousand or six thousand miles. If, if you use it very little, do you still need to change that oil annually?
4: Um, yeah, this is a question I get a lot too. What I usually tell people is, you know, if you got less than 10 hours in, that you could probably you could probably skip a oil change this year. But then for sure next year when you do it, when you winterize your boat, definitely change the oil then. So don't skip more than two seasons.
2: That's great advice. Um, otherwise, if we're talking, you know, normal use, right if we if we're not using the calendar how often do most uh, motors require an oil change
4: usually they require them every 100 hours at least once a season
2: got it so it's either that once a year or the the 100 hours you know whichever comes first and uh, that's a good guideline to go by so you you mentioned the engine oil you mentioned the, the lower unit, the gear lube, uh, gear fluid. That is what is found down in the, the lower unit, that the part of the motor that's in the water down by the prop. What's what's all involved with that process to get that ready for winter?
4: Um, so to get that ready, you drain the old stuff, you know, wash watch, watch makes sure there's no water in there, no metal shavings, everything looks good. Um, replacing those seals, those seals, pretty inexpensive to replace, and those uh can prevent your... your gear case from getting water in there ruining your gear case later on down the road so it's good to just replace those you know preventive maintenance really uh, replacing those refilm that gear case back up fully and seal that up tight make sure that's all good and it should leave you with no issues down the road done
3: so you do all that and then the engine is ready for spring uh, what about fuel you know the the stuff that runs that engine should we be filling our tanks at the end of the season? Should we run them as empty as we can? I'm assuming we should put stable in. Do we put stable in after it's in storage or, uh, you know, earlier so that we get it run through the engine?
4: Uh, so you want to fill your tank full. You know, it leaves less room for condensation to build up within that tank there. prevents uh, water then from getting in your, your, or your gas and then you want to add stabilizer. Make sure you run the stabilizer through the the motor. Whether that's the last time you go out fishing or you run it on a hose in your driveway, either one works. Just make sure you get that stabilizer in the motor.
2: Good stuff. And that's what's going to keep that motor or that motor and the the gas from affecting the motor, but from breaking down and um, aging out. Essentially, you mentioned batteries, Luke. You talked about batteries. Uh, of course, batteries are a key uh, essential function within our watercraft. What's your recommendation on battery maintenance going into winter?
4: So I recommend taking your batteries out, You know, leaving them outside during those deep freezes can ruin your batteries and they're not cheap to replace. So I'd recommend charging them fully before you store them anywhere. Whether you hook them up to a trickle charger as you store them over the winter or try to charge them about once a month, make sure they maintain a good, healthy voltage and they don't don't go bad on you so you don't have to buy new batteries come spring.
2: Yeah, more and more great advice right there. Um, okay, so we've covered kind of the big ones. You oh, you also mentioned the prop. So what are we looking at on, on our prop uh, that's important to pay attention to here as we go into winter?
4: So the important thing with your prop is make sure you take that prop off. Um, You're checking that prop shaft, making sure there's no fishing line or any other kind of debris built up on there. And while you have it off, it's it's a good time to kind of wipe it down, you know, grease it up, make sure all that's good. And while your prop's off too, you have a plastic prop hub inside there. Check that, make sure there's no damage to that. You know, and then just putting it back together, make sure everything with that looks good. Now would even be the time to send it in if your prop looks dinged up you know, it's just a good time to do a lot of preventive maintenance in that whole area there.
3: Say, Luke, uh, this discussion has uh, brought a question into my mind that it's not necessarily a winterizing thing. It could be, but when you said condensation in a gas tank, you know, a lot of people will put uh, isopropyl alcohol in, in their cars, in their vehicles to get rid of condensation in, in their fuel. Is that ever recommended in engines and in today's engines do we is that something that we want to do? Is that something we should avoid?
4: That's not something I guess I would recommend doing. I'd recommend using, you know, um, probably a, a, a good brand fuel stabilizer running that through it. That should help keep, keep any condensation from building up, and especially keeping a full tank, you know, kind of allows no room for that condensation to build up to begin with either.
2: That's good stuff. We're talking to Luke Wiersma. Ray's Sport and Marine Service Manager, we're talking winterizing watercraft, no matter what that watercraft is, could be your pontoon, could be your fishing boat, your ski boat, it doesn't matter, we got to take care of those things going into winter. Luke, I know a lot of folks listening, uh, they may try and do it on their own, and that's great, but you are the experts, uh, you've shown that here, we've not really been able to stump you on any of the things we have uh, thrown at you in the last few minutes if folks want to have you take care, just to that peace of mind thing, so you guys can take care of their boat, what is it that you offer? What's the process? How do they get a hold of you and schedule that?
4: So you can uh, either walk in or call us and set up an appointment. Um, you know, if you're looking, if you're living far ways away and you're looking to set up an appointment, you'll drop your boat off, be able to bring it back with you same day so you're not making multiple trips. Calling and same an appointment definitely works best, but if you're not in too big of a hurry walking in, you know, definitely works as well and we'll fit you in the calendar there that way as well.
2: Fantastic. What's the number they can call to get a hold of you and, and schedule one of those uh, appointments?
4: Our number is 218-287-9100.
2: Thanks, Luke. We appreciate you coming on the show this morning, sharing your expertise and giving folks some great
4: information.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, it is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer, and Kyle Agri. Uh, Make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock and then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Until next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.